stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm going solo again to talk about the hottest IPO, at least so far, of 2021, Coinbase. So I've been getting asked a lot of questions about Coinbase. Should you buy the Coinbase IPO? The ticker is COIN, C-O-I-N. And by the time you're listening to this podcast, it will have gone IPO. It will already be trading on the market. Um, and so the question, you know, becomes really relevant because you can just go out and buy some. So the first thing you really have to ask yourself about any investment or any IPO, any stock, any anything like that is what is your plan? Are you a trader? Are you an investor? What's your goals for this money? How does investing in this company, in this case, Coinbase, fit into your overall investing plan. So when several of you asked me on Twitter whether or not you should be buying in to the coin IPO, I responded that I never buy IPOs. And I know some of you were maybe a little shocked by that or surprised because I really just don't buy them when they first list. So I kind of just shrugged off Coinbase like I do all the other IPOs because I don't care. I don't buy them when they launch. So who cares what Coinbase is really doing? I do follow them, kind of see what the open is like, um, all of that stuff. But, you know, whether or not I should buy them doesn't really cross my mind because I know I'm not buying them. But some of you may want to. And so I thought I'd take a deeper look at Coinbase and kind of uh, what's going on with it and then kind of look back on what has gone on with some of the other, you know, very hot IPOs um, over the years and what the results were with those. So usually there's a bit of a show around the initial IPO. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like buying at the IPO because everybody's paying attention. It gets, you know, oversubscribed too many people trying to buy in on the very first day, you usually get a pop unless it's a kind of failed IPO and then you get a drop. Um, but in this case, Coinbase is not going to be one of the failed ones. Most likely it will be one of the more, uh, you know, exciting ones probably on the open. So I just feel like I can almost always get in at a cheaper level at a later date if I just wait till the excitement and the crowds and kind of the speculators and all of that get out of it. Um, so nearly all of the popular so-called unicorns that we've seen out of Silicon Valley have come on the market in the last 10 years. Remember the unicorns were the lists of these big billion dollar market cap private companies that everybody was waiting to go IPO. And, um, you know, we all know the names of them. They were like Uber, Palantir was the, the latest one of these unicorns to go. Airbnb was another one. Um, but they kind of started with this cycle back in 2012 with Facebook's IPO. So when Facebook decided to go IPO, it was among the hottest in at least a decade or so um, because 
everybody was using Facebook, right? And everybody wanted to own a piece of it because they all used it. So there were all these articles about people buying shares to put in their kids' college fund because they believed that Facebook would be this great investment that would literally fund their child's college. And so it was a very hot IPO. So it went IPO again in 2012, around $40. And within a month, it was trading down 50%. <laughs> Remember that? Like it, it was not good. Took about a year to get back to that IPO price. Uh, so you really, with Facebook IPO, and this is just one example I plucked out of there, you had plenty of time to get in on that one. You didn't have to buy on the hype on the initial day of the IPO or even that first week or apparently the first month because uh, it was down quite a bit. Another kind of hot event type IPO in the last few years was Snap. Uh, ticker SNAP is um, Snapchat and everybody, all these millions of teens and, and tweens were using Snapchat at the time. It was more popular than Instagram at the time. It went IPO in February 2017 and by August of 2017, it was down 56%. So again, it was plenty of time for you to get in if you were still interested once all the excitement had passed and they had done you know one or two earnings reports in there and then the reality of uh, being a publicly traded company and actually meeting uh, street expectations and all that was taking place that's another thing that has to happen with all these companies there is an adjustment period a lot of times for when when they go IPO, that they have to adjust to this new level of uh, information that they now have to provide to the shareholders and um, you know investors and everybody out there that they never had to do before. So sometimes that can influence the stock price as well. So it wasn't until October 2020, just last year during the pandemic, that Snap finally retook the IPO highs. So remember, they went IPO in February 2017. So it wasn't until October 2020 that they retook those highs. So you had quite a long period of time with that one if you wanted to buy somewhere in there that was below the IPO offering price, um, or at least the open on the street for those of us regular retail investors who were just trying to buy on the open. Another one that I took a look at was one of the recent ones, Airbnb. This was one of the big ones that everyone had been waiting a couple of years for. The IPO was, was delayed because of the pandemic, but then once everybody started using Airbnbs during the pandemic, they put the IPO back on schedule. So that ticker ABNB is the ticker there. And it went IPO in December, 2020. So it hasn't been around that long as publicly traded, and it didn't fall much. It fell kind of in the initial uh, week or so of trading, and then it has moved higher. So it's now up 21.3% um, since it went public, but it had been up as much as 50%. So the shares have weakened just even here in the last month, 
And this is in April of 2021. So in the last month, with some of this overall growth stock weakness here in the spring of 2021, um, the shares are down 15% during that time. So this one, you haven't been able to get in at a much cheaper rate yet than what it went went off for, but it's only been around a couple months. So, um, and it is off those highs. So, um, you know, that's something to look at if you are interested in Airbnb still. So Coinbase, going back to that, it is a a legit company, an industry leader. And so I can see why a lot of people are interested in what is going to happen with Coinbase here. So it has 56 million users and its quarterly revenue right now is around 1.8 billion. So it, it is in the B category. And um, it's made most of the revenue, nearly all of it, on the trading fees. So many who can't or uh, don't want to own Bitcoin or other cryptos will likely use Coinbase as a proxy for owning the, the cryptocurrencies. It'll be a way to get exposure to uh, Bitcoin and the other cryptos without actually owning any of them. So that's what's going to make this um, even more popular than it might otherwise have been. And another area we saw this kind of reaction to. So um, because of you know regulatory reasons, uh, people cannot be in the exact investment they want to be in. So they look for ways, especially professional money managers, <laughs> look for ways to get in the same trade or some kind of exposure to it without actually being in it. So the cannabis IPOs of a couple of years ago are very similar to what we may see with Coinbase. So remember the Tilray IPO, ticker T-L-R-Y, it went IPO in July of 2018. So there was so much demand for cannabis stocks and there were so few options that it soared over 400% by October of that year. So within just a few months, it was up big. And then as we know, or if you followed the cannabis stocks at all, you recall that it collapsed. Um, and then by the coronavirus sell-off, as uh, it had already been going down, down, down for those years in there, it um, hit the new low on March 16th, 2020, around $2.43. And it IPO'd at $23. So big sell-off there, but again, it's giving you another opportunity um, over two years later to buy on the cheap. So shares are up off those lows, as almost everything is off the coronavirus lows. And then the cannabis stocks have come back into favor at the end of 2020 into 2021 on the hopes of maybe some federal changes in the United States on cannabis laws. Um, And by February of this year, it's traded as high as $36. So IPO'd at 23, traded as low as 243. And then, um, and maybe even a little bit lower than that, that was just the low on March 16th. And then now it's traded as high as 36 again. Um, So this is another example of, of if you had a little bit of patience, and you were actually trying to buy the business, you might have waited until Ray and then maybe got in later, or maybe you would have decided the business 
wasn't the business you wanted to own after all if you were a long-term investor on something like a Tilray. So um, that's also something to keep in mind. Sometimes when the hotness of the IPO fades and you're just uh, left with the actual underlying business, it doesn't seem quite as um, exciting anymore to you as an investor. So do I have any IPO regrets since I don't buy them on you know, the first day or two or even the first week? of the IPO. And yes, yes, I do. I have a couple. So I will reveal those here. The first, and this is the my biggest regret was the Alphabet or Google as it was then. Uh, the Google IPO, they went IPO in August of 2004. And at that time, we were just coming out of the tech bust. The tech bust lasted three years from 2000 to 2003. Many of us had bought what was then Google competitors in the dot-com boom, like Yahoo, or even like an AOL, someone like that. And so we had been burned by those stocks and going into the Google IPO, as much as I liked Google, which I did, I just felt that the IPO, which launched around $51 was just too expensive for me based on the earnings and the fundamentals at that time. It was just too high a price to pay. And I did think it would ultimately come back down and I could get it a little bit cheaper, but it never went back there. So it has had pullbacks and buying opportunities since 2004, but it never went, you know, under that IPO price. Um, and so I never got a chance to get in it, you know, the cheaper levels I ultimately wanted to get in it. <laughs> so since 2004, these shares are up uh, just a little over 4,000%. I did end up buying some shares, but not until I think it was 2019, I want to say two years ago, maybe three years ago is when I got in into it. Finally, I did buy some um, and no regrets, but sadness that um, it never did have the pullback that I wanted it to have. Uh, another one that I thought about buying on the IPO and then didn't. And then I just never really went there, even though I had other buying opportunities in the stock was Visa, ticker V. They went public in March 2008 and the shares initially rose. But by June of that year, they got caught up in something that was outside of their control, which was the financial crisis. The Great Recession started hitting. So the shares sold off just like everything else. And by January of 2009, in the throes of the stock market sell-off during the financial crisis and the Great Recession, the shares were down 30% and they were below the IPO price. And you had a couple years there even to buy in because even by January of 2011, by early January, so this is two years after they hit those uh, Great Recession lows, shares were up just 13.4%. So not the greatest returns. You could have been buying anywhere in there for those two years. And that's right around in 2011 is when Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway bought some of some, I think, um, unless they bought MasterCard, one of the ones, either MasterCard or Visa, they bought in 2011. So you can see why, because the shares weren't really going anywhere. 
And I thought I'd take a look at the S&P 500 to kind of see what that was doing. And at the same, during that same time period from the IPO through January 3rd, 2011, S&P 500 was still down 2.7%. So Visa did outperform the S&P 500 during that period, um, but neither one was all that great because even though stocks are off the lows, it was just grinding, took years, remember, to get back. And they didn't hit the new highs until 2013. So still a couple more years of grinding there. So Visa all time is up 1,200% versus the S&P 500 off of the Visa IPO of 229%. So Visa has been a great performer. I still don't own Visa, however, even though I did manage to buy some Alphabet ultimately. I still don't own Visa other than what's in like an S&P 500 fund. So I do technically own some of it, but not as an individual holding. So again, I have no regrets with any of my decisions on those two particular IPOs because I have bought other IPOs after the launch and done quite well, including Facebook. I started adding it um, later after the shares did decline and I was dollar cost averaging it for a while in my accounts because it, it didn't hit back that IPO high for a year. And so you had plenty of time to get into Facebook if you liked the changes they were making in the business model. Remember they went, this seems so, uh, so ancient times ago, even though it was just nine years ago, they started putting advertising onto their mobile app and that's what changed their revenue stream in a big way. So um, that also happens with many of these businesses that something changes in the original business, sometimes for the better like Facebook, but sometimes for the worse. And you can get caught in owning something that you didn't want to own um, ultimately. So going back to the original question though, should you buy the Coinbase IPO? And again, I can't answer that question for you because it all depends on your plan. Does it fit into your investing plan either to invest it or trade it? Are you aware of the risks and what may or may not happen? Um, you know, a week, two weeks, a month from now, have you done your research on the underlying company? And then I'll just kind of wrap up by saying IPOs can be fun. There's always a lot of energy around them. Um, um, we've done IPO launch live events here at Zach's before. We did one with Alibaba. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, Mr. Bartosiak and I did that one. And so it, it is always fun and you can get caught up into the fun. But remember, you're buying the underlying company in its earnings and sales. So ask yourself, what am I paying for those? And sometimes at the IPO, a lot of IPO uh, retail investors, you and I, who can get in after it launches, we end up paying a little bit more than otherwise we want to on that launch. And there may be a better buying opportunity if you just kind of wait on the sidelines for a little bit of time. Unless it's Google, then, there's, <laughs> then there isn't. But even Google can show you that even if you're late to getting into an IPO and it never does pull back and get you in a better buying opportunity with great companies takes a lot of years for um, you know the growth to occur 
for the company to really bust out. And, you know, Google continues to bust out here even um, almost 20 years after that IPO, not not quite getting to 20 years yet, but um, close. And they're still doing double-digit sales growth at Alphabet even today. So keep that in mind. Don't fear missing out um, just because you're not buying coin right at the get-go. But this will be one of the most anticipated IPOs in a while, and it should be an exciting launch and, um, you know, first, you know, week or two of trading on Coinbase. So let me recap the tickers again. Um, Coinbase is now trading as Coin, C-O-I-N. Facebook is FB, and yes, I still do own it. Snap is S-N-A-P. Uh, Airbnb is A-B-N-B. Tilray, T-L-R-Y. Alphabet, G-O-O-G-L. Yes, I own that one. And Visa, no, I still don't own Visa. Ticker V. So you want to be sure to subscribe or get us somewhere on the podcast channels here at the Market Edge because I'm going to have uh, Mr. John Blank on to talk about inflation, what's going on with uh, here in 2021, and he's coming on soon. So you want to be sure to get us on SoundCloud. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher any of these places, but get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify I've described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.